Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash bookshow. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Inside the junk hole. Oh my goodness. Well, sometimes that is better. It just tastes so damn good. Stargirl. Wolfman's got nards. Poor mommy. Here's Johnny. Thou art the one. Slap! Star Child. Hello and welcome once again to another edition of the All-American Spook Show podcast. I'm Josh and as always I'm joined here with my good friend Will. That's not cranberry sauce. Uh-uh. And the Professor Smoke. Hey. And uh, as Will alluded to there, we are, we are here to, de- to debate whether that red stuff is truly blood or cranberry sauce. <laughs> or at least we're going to question <laughs> the hell out of it, right? So today we're going to be talking about Nightmare at Shadow Woods. No, I'm sorry, wait a minute. We're going to be talking about Slasher. No, Flasher, no, 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 wait, oh. no, no, that's not it either. We're going to talk about no. Blood Rage from 1987. From 1979. <laughs> yeah. Wait, didn't y'all watch Blood Rage? Oh, no. Joe no, what? No, God, no. Oh. No, we don't know what the hell we watched. I watched Ernest Scared <laughs> Stupid instead. Uh, I went to get I a watched, drink, so I don't even know what the hell yeah. we <laughs> I watched a couple of Emmanuel movies. Yeah. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so 10 minutes later, I decided to sit down and watch Blood Rage. <laughs> <laughs> then I put Blood Rage in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to No, be... that's just what I had afterwards. Yeah. Ugh. God. <laughs> uh, so we're going to be talking the uh, 1987 cult classic Blood Rage, which uh, honestly, this is about it. I guess it's, it's definitely more connected, a more connected Thanksgiving movie than the one we watched last year, Home Sweet Home. But it's yeah, still it's, it's still pretty somewhat. loose. It's still pretty loose, right? Like it's not really necessarily a a Thanksgiving movie where terrible shit breaks out. It's more like they have a nice dinner, they kind of get spoiled, and then shit happens after that, right? <laughs> yeah, similar to Home Sweet Home that we watched, except with just slightly more Thanksgiving this time around, <laughs> yes. and a little less maniacal laughter. Yes, and a little bit more gore too. Yeah, and the, a little and bit the, livelier. Yeah, and and the the you know when the maniac is chasing people around in the woods, it doesn't take thirty minutes for it to you know come to a <laughs> come to a head. On the downside, though, we don't have body by jig. But. Yeah, <laughs> except we get uh, Mark Soper as uh, two different characters. You know, you know one thing we do get in this that was similar to that that one. What's that? An obsession with something from uh, Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that seems to be the common thread that we're trying to find here in these Thanksgiving movies is that they have to keep reminding you that it's a Thanksgiving movie. <laughs> Has anybody seen the peas? The yeah. peas. Peas. Seriously. <laughs> Can you pass the peas? You need to try these. No, 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 not cranberry sauce. Peas. Yeah. Not <laughs> Don't confuse the cranberry sauce with the peas. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, uh, without much further build up, I guess we'll just go ahead and toss to the trailer for uh, Blood Rage from 1987. Looks like you're going to get a chance to meet the rest of the family. My psychotic brother just escaped. I just don't 
Anybody else need more turkey? No, I'm pretty good, thanks. I don't like to talk about my brother gives me nightmares. I mean, this Thanksgiving. You know, somebody ought to tell him to get inside. Nobody should be out with my brother around. He looked exactly like Terry, except he had this really wild, crazed look in his eyes. There's somebody after me! He's chasing me! He's trying to hurt me! You're gonna hurt my kitty! Oh, God! You're a real sweetheart. You know that? A real sweetheart. Not cranberry sauce, Artie. It's not cranberry sauce. And there you go. That was the trailer for uh, Nightmare at Shadow Woods or Slasher or Blood Rage or whatever. And I keep saying that because there really truly was like th three full-on working names to this movie. Apparently it was released like in, in theaters. I guess it had like a limited run and then it came out. Which I couldn't find any like box office information. So I'm sure this thing had to have played like one week in the Minneapolis area or something and then just went away. Um, I couldn't find a budget and I couldn't find how much this thing actually made while it was in theaters. Uh, but like we said, this thing was made in 1983 and didn't come out until 1987. And that was another thing I couldn't find. Like, why why was this movie made and then just sat on the shelf? Because I would argue this movie is just as good as a lot of the movies that came out during that time period. Surely somewhere in that four years, somebody would have said, hey, let's let's get this out in theaters. But no, for whatever reason, it took a while. But like I said, th th it, this, it had, uh, when it was released, it had a name called Nightmare of Shadow Woods, which I, I'm, I'm thinking it was, that was what it was called on cable television, apparently, like years later. And apparently it was heavily edited from what I could find. It took out a lot of the gore. But apparently it contained a, from what I read here, it contained a swimming pool scene that was not found in the 1987 VHS release that was called Blood Rage. And that version was put out by Prism Entertainment. It contains all of the gore, that VHS cut, Blood Rage, contains all the gore. And then it also includes an early scene, which we'll get into uh, shortly when we do the blow-by-blow, blow, of... Uh, that was missing from Nightmare Shadow Woods, where the mom, Maddie, goes and visits Todd at the mental hospital. Um, I, I guess all these different versions didn't come to a head until years later when there was like, you know, Arrow released a Blu-ray and, and, you know, like a full-on kind of, uh, you know, spliced together version eventually came out. But apparently they left the uh, slasher title card on there. That's what I have, and that's what I watch. Well, actually, I have the VHS that I've seen multiple times before this Arrow print, and then Arrow DVD or Blu-ray, rather, is what... I watched for this one, but the slasher cut, <laughs> or at least, yeah, like you said, the title card said slasher, but the the Blu-ray, of course, is labeled as Blood Rage, but the uh, Nightmare at Shadow Woods cut did come with it as well, and as well as that, a composite print, which puts together everything for the Blood Rage VHS, plus the scenes that were in Nightmare at Shadow Woods that weren't in the Blood Rage cut, so, <laughs> but the version I watched was, I guess, the one y'all watched, too was just the one that said slasher at the beginning of it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, so I'm guessing now, putting all this together, what I can tell the culmination of this timeline is the working title was called Slasher, and then it was released as Nightmare at Shadow Woods. And then, for whatever reason, they changed it to Blood Rage when it came out on uh, VHS. So I mm -hmm. guess that's where the, the title ends, you know, the, the title of it ends on Blood Rage. And when I went to actually look, like look up, like, you know, some of the usual background stuff I do, when I went on, when I went on Rotten Tomatoes, they don't have it listed as Blood Rage or Slasher. They have it listed as Nightmare in Shadow Woods. But on IMDb, yeah. <laughs> on, on IMDb, it's it's listed as Blood Rage. So this can get a little confusing with these names. Um, and, and usually these alternate names we come up with or we find are like, well, in Brazil it was called this, in Germany it was called this. No, this is like three names in America for some reason. You know, I, I don't know why. Like 
they thought one was uh, far worse or better than the other, but this is, you know, this is where it landed. Although just calling something slasher would have been pretty cool, right? <laughs> Here, this is this is what it is, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so th- I just found that uh, pretty interesting. Um, I guess before we go any further into it, I, I should uh, give out the usual information that I kind of uh, skipped over there at the beginning. If you want to get in contact with us, you can email us at allamericanspookshow at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter, at AA Spook Show. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, YouTube, and TeePublic. You, you should be able to find us pretty easily by searching All American Spook Show. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash AA Spook Show. You can contribute to the show there and get bonus content and videos and whatever else we do there. I mean, you can go check that out and uh, see what's offered there and see if that's something you want to throw down, you know, your your monthly subscription on. And, of course, like I said, on TeePublic, we have tons of uh, logoed merchandise and uh, we've got different designs of shirts and uh, whatever else they'll put the designs on. You can get that there, face mask, everything. So that's all for the uh, the taking over at TeePublic. All right, so, uh, Will, was this the first time you've seen this movie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what, what were your initial reactions to this? Man, this is the, the, the best Thanksgiving movie I've ever seen. It's a horror. <laughs> well, isn't it the only, the second Thanksgiving movie you've ever seen? Could be. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so you say. So what you got to judge by is that masterpiece that we saw last year, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that and the remind uh, me again. What what was your uh, if you recall or if we have it pulled up? What what was your star rating on that one? I have a feeling it was a five. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Point five. What? <laughs> God, that's terrible. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the that's probably the movie that you rated below Suspiria, right? Oh yeah, yes. that, yeah. That's the yeah. line now. Well below. You. <laughs> uh, well, there, there's there's the. It's rated. Will's rated it well below Suspiria. And Suspiria is by no means your favorite movie. So that will yes. kind of show you at least where the where the bar has been set <laughs> for Thanksgiving horror. So. Um, or just for horror and movies and cinema, just cinema in general. <laughs> that that one set us that one set us back a few pegs. <laughs> Although I will say, like I said, uh, uh, you know, back during our anniversary episode, when I had to go back and listen to the episodes, that one was pretty funny. So I would highly recommend you going back and listening to episode 20 from last Thanksgiving when we watched Home Sweet Home. And I I think when we watched it, well, Smoke, I think you, you own a copy of it on VHS, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well yeah, that's, yeah. That's a pretty safe I assumption. I don't even know why I asked. But you've got it on VHS, <laughs> but I, I'm pretty sure uh, Will and I watched it on uh, YouTube I'm not sure if it's still there or not. So uh, any references to that that we have on that episode, just know that, like, you know, YouTube, you know, something could be there today and then gone tomorrow. So I'm not sure if it's still there or not. But, uh, yeah, if you, if you want to, you might want to seek that movie out and check it out for yourself. Or, like we said all along, just listen to that episode and uh, you'll probably get more enjoyment out of it. But highly recommend episode 20. You should go back for last Thanksgiving. And I, I mean, I'm guessing that it'll probably be there for a little while longer because uh, for it not to be there will mean that somebody probably picked up the distribution rights for it. And who knows when the hell that's going to happen. If yeah. <laughs> well, just uh, to stop this dialogue, uh, I looked it up and it's still there. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, I was about to say, <laughs> if it's not there and someone picked it up, why? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm sure that's because, you know, it's because of Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. I wonder what the uh, what the uh, rating is on that on uh, not the rating, but the uh, views amount of views are on YouTube for that around this time of year. Oh, God. I guess it bumps up on Thanksgiving. That's about it. Though. Who knows? But total, this version of it has been viewed 46,000 times. 46,000? 46, 
46 mm-hmm. sounds more right to me, but I'll go. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to call you a liar. And those... no, as much as much shit talk as we do on this movie, I can enjoy it for terrible. I mean, if you can enjoy watching terrible cinema, I mean, uh, and it's not necessarily so bad. It's good because there's some moments. There's big stretches where absolutely nothing happens. Nothing of entertainment there, whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, there are some moments where it's like that. There, there are some moments where, like you said, it's bad, it's good. You know, there are a few in there, very few, but yeah. they're there. But yeah. God Almighty. Yeah, when they when they happen, though, it actually makes them a little bit more, a little bit sweeter because you've waited about a good thirty minutes before <laughs> <laughs> waiting through shit before you got to that moment. I guess, man. <laughs> you have to you have to wade through a a, a a lake of shit to get to the to the little uh, island oasis in the middle, but. Yeah. you know it's kind of like that uh that kind of analogy i guess of like when you're real hungry like super like really hungry you haven't eaten in days it seems you know yeah. any kind of anything you're given tastes like the best thing you've ever had yeah because you're hungry as fuck you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like that that little nugget made you laugh more because you, you had to work to get to it i think that's kind of right. like golden corral's whole business model isn't it yeah <laughs> 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 There's just, no just think about growl endorsement. No. Yeah. <laughs> just just think about uh walking out in your yard and your your dog is crapped everywhere, but there's there's a nickel in the middle of the yard. <laughs> and you you walk through all the crap and you pick it up and you're like, huh? A nickel. A nickel. <laughs> I got a nickel. I get uh, my shoes are full of dog shit now. But I, <laughs> I, I, get, I get about thirty more of these. I can go get me a coke. <laughs> I'm in a good place. Yeah, like I said, go go listen to that. Where are you getting that coke for uh, thirty cents? <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is uh, 1982 prices or whatever hell year that came out in. I can't remember. Yeah, anyway, so <laughs> that's enough about Home Sweet Home. We, we have a whole episode dedicated to that, and it's 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 well worth listening to. Is the movie worth watching? Eh, not really, but it's the, is the episode listening? Yeah, just listen to the podcast episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah you'll, you'll, you'll get even great. more entertainment value out of that probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, Will, you never really said what. Well, maybe you did, and I just kind of lost it in the sauce there. What were your initial <laughs> your initial reactions to this? You know, Blood Rage upon watching it. Uh, it's okay. I mean, to a certain extent, you know, you gotta you gotta love like old practical effects. So the acting, eh, but I, I thought it was I thought it was okay. Smoke. Obviously, this isn't the first time for you. So uh, take us back to the early viewings and what you think about it. Uh, early viewings would have been VHS tape whenever I came. Eight, eighty nine, sometime around. And yeah, it was, it was again like Will Will said, it wasn't like the greatest thing I thought. But as far as like the gore, I was pretty impressed with that because there was a lot of time, you know, a lot of times slash movies kind of skimp on a little bit of that. Even this has got a pretty decent amount of gore in it, especially for that time period. Well, it's made in eighty three, but when it came out in eighty seven, by that time a lot of slash movies were being kind of cracked down on as far as uh, the amount of gore the MPAA would let them get away with. This movie, I, I assume, never really went to the MPAA, so. When it got put out on VHS, it was put out at least here in the U.S. The cut I had was a uh, that was like we had mentioned with that uncut version, at least as far as the gore goes. So uh, I was pretty impressed with that. And uh, as far as it being like a holiday movie, I mean, I didn't really think it was that impressive as a as a holiday horror movie. You know, like like we'd already mentioned too, it's just there. It just happens to be Thanksgiving, and there's a couple of references to <laughs> cranberry sauce, etc. I've always heard that argument of like how you can consider something a holiday movie or not is are these things happening? because of the holiday or would they happen any other day and it just so happens to be a holiday right so that's kind of like yeah yeah because you think that's kind of what's going on that's kind of what's going on here right like this could have happened on a on a random friday this didn't have to be thanksgiving true and you would think why did they even bother to make it thanksgiving because if you're going to make it thanksgiving and that's your intention you would you know up the ante on like because there hadn't been 
and a Thanksgiving horror movie up to that point that actually had the title or something referencing Thanksgiving in the title. And it involved it more than just it being Thanksgiving. But then by that same token, what can you do with Thanksgiving? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, what can you do to make an actual Thanksgiving horror movie? You could have a turkey <laughs> running around killing people. But you know what? They already have one of those movies called uh, Blood Freak. But that movie wasn't even set around Thanksgiving, but it was a turkey-headed mutant killer. <laughs> It's, it's the same deal. Like I said, it's, it's a it's a loose thread or a loose premise because, like like I said, it doesn't have to be Thanksgiving. And if you're gonna make it Thanksgiving, yeah. like you said, then why the fuck not call it something to do with Thanksgiving? Like none of those none of those three titles, Slasher, Nightmare at Shadow Woods, or Blood Rage, have anything to do that would lead you towards Thanksgiving. You know, so like, why not lean in? But no. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I don't even know. I mean. I might not be 100% right on this, but I think the first movie reference horror movie to Thanksgiving was Thanksgiving in whatever year that came out, right? <laughs> to my knowledge, mm-hmm. would be the first one. I don't know what year that was. Up to that point, the, there was no actual title of a movie that referenced Thanksgiving as a horror, you know, in the horror genre. Now, to my knowledge, this is the first time that I recall sitting down and watching this whole thing from the beginning to end. I swear I've seen bits and pieces of this before. Probably have. Probably back in the day when it was on, you know, uh, chopped all to pieces on TV or something. But this is this is pretty much probably the first time I sat and watched the whole thing. That being said, I mean, I I think I you know I enjoyed it, and uh, you know we'll get more into that as we give our star ratings later on. I will say that this movie, uh, for a movie that was made in 1983 and came out in 1987, it wears 1983 very proudly. Like, you know, like everything about this is very 1983 and 87. You're probably sitting there watching like, man, this movie seems old as shit, you know, without knowing, you know, like you'd have to think like, man, this seems like, like everybody's dressed as a few years ago and these cars are a few years old. Like this just seems old, you know, it would have to be at the time, especially like, like the, the scene at the beginning at the drive-in and everything. It just seemed very 1983 to me. Hey guys, I got this crazy idea. Let's shoot a movie, let's yeah. sit on it for a couple years. Okay. And then what? And then when it's retro again, we'll play it. It's like that South Park bit. <laughs> Steel underpants, phase one. Phase two, phase three profit. <laughs> What's phase two? <laughs> ah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, you know, so- the only thing, the only movie I can think of that that worked really well for, and it's totally off topic, so I'll keep it short, was, was uh, Jim Van Beber's Manson Family movie, which he started making in the early, sometime in the 90s, I guess maybe mid-90s, ran out of money. Had to stop production and everything on it. Later on, there was a lot of talk about it. I'm talking like 10, 12, maybe 13 years later. He was given some funding to complete it. And so he brought these people back that were in it. So now they're in jail, you know, say the Manson family members that had been in jail talking about the events that happened at that point 10 or 12 years before, you know. Yeah. So it worked for his movie because these actors are now have aged 10 or 12 years. Yeah. That works for that, but not uh, not for this movie. No, it, looked, yeah, it definitely looked like 1983. And I doubt they did any kind of press or anything like this, you know, like where, you know, this movie was shot four years ago and like, all right, shit, now it's about to come out. We need to do press, you know, like uh, interviews. Yeah. And stuff. I doubt they did anything like that with this. So it's not re- not that it really matters, you know. And, and, and in a lot of cases, not like a lot of these people are going to age that much within four years. You know, because there, there's only a couple of children in it, right? The baby and the and the little girl that uh looking for her cat. It still confounds me though why it was so long that this, especially during that era where uh popcorn flicks were coming out left and right. You know, and the drive-ins were still alive in a lot of areas. You know, so like it is kind of surprising that this thing didn't get released during that time period. Well, hell, it, 
Yeah, even home video market. I mean, the home video market was booming, but it was looking for merchandise, just looking for movies, anything to put on the shelves. So, yeah, I don't know why it got passed over. Why? Yeah, I guess he just didn't have the money to fin- I mean, I, I couldn't find anything on that either. Maybe he ran out of money and had to come back and finish some stuff, but there was no mention of that at all. And then there's, of course, no none of the production looks like it was from 87, so... Or 86 or whatever. No. All right, so with all that being said, I guess we'll go ahead and get into the uh, you know the behind-the-scenes uh, information and stuff that we could find. This film was released May 1st, 1987 by Complex Films LTD and distributed by Film Limited. <laughs> so these are some real mainstream companies that they're... <laughs> these sound like uh, mafia fronts or some shit. <laughs> Complex Films Limited and Film Limited. Um, <laughs> it was rated R, of course. Uh, the total runtime for this is one hour and 22 minutes. And honestly, the credits were kind of long. Quite honestly, man, this movie is probably more like, what, hour 17, hour 18, something like that. You know, an actual, you know, from beginning to uh, mm-hmm. before the credits. So it's a pretty short film. And of course, on IMDb, it's listed as a horror. Uh, and, like, and like we said, uh, it had the working title of Slasher. And then the recut version was Nightmare at Shadow Woods. Uh, which it took me a minute to figure out where the Shadow Woods thing came from. That was the name of the apartments or whatever the hell this was. Right? Yeah. <laughs> until, until you see him standing in that one scene in front of that giant wooden sign that yeah. <laughs> says Shadow Woods or something like that. And then eventually, you know, the, it, it became Blood Rage. Um, it was filmed in 1983, and uh, pretty much all of it in the Jacksonville, Florida area. Some of it in uh, University of North Florida, except for the drive-in part. Or maybe the drive-in part itself, you know, where they're actually in the drive-in. I'm not necessarily sure if they filmed all of that there or not. That might have been like, you know, hey, let's just get an exterior and then shoot the rest somewhere else. Where that? I think the drive-in that was all in Jersey. Yeah, yeah. That, that whole drive-in the scene. Route 30, oh, wait, and the bathroom scene, too. Right? 30, well, we'll get to that part with a certain actor that was in that scene. That was all in Jersey. That Route 35 drive-in is what it was called. It was it, that was in Hazlitt, New Jersey, which I I don't know whether that's still a thing or not. God knows, you know, it's been a long time ago. But no, I, I think it closed up. I looked I looked up something on that. It closed up back in '91, I believe. Now, so I a few years after this movie came out, but not too hard. I can't think of the name because in the credits they actually thank the uh, apartment complex or whatever that they shot this at, and I don't remember the name of it. But uh, it was there in Jacksonville, and I actually looked it up, and from what I could tell, it's still there. And it still looks like, you know, now it looks kind of uh, old. You know, like, <laughs> it didn't look like they've really updated it that much. <laughs> but there was one, like, uh, the, the one thing that I found about it, I was like, all right, here's the apartment complex. And there was a bunch of pictures of, like, inside of apartments and stuff. One particular picture inside those apartments looks exactly like that hallway that uh, remember the mom is in the apartment and she's drunk and she like passes out in the hallway. Like this shot looks exactly like that hallway in, <laughs> in the movie. So I don't know how much work they've done to these things. And if, you know, but from what I can tell, it looks like the same exact apartment complex is still there <laughs> somewhere in Jacksonville. If someone cares to track it down. Yeah. I think it was on some of those. Uh, I saw some, watched on a little bit of the interviews and things on the arrow disc and they showed some side by sides of some images from, back then to now and some of them actually look very similar still hell even some of the painting style look the same yeah and i forget when this interview was set up probably a few years ago now but yeah it seems some like of that, it, yeah, still, you could tell it seems it like i saw that arrow blu-ray came out like in 2017 and yeah. i don't know when they did the interviews probably a year before maybe yeah. or somewhere in that time period so. actually the i'm sorry actually the three discs blu-ray set was released in december of 2015 so that's been almost five years ago now oh, yeah. and then there was a standard two disc blu-ray and dvd combo set that was released in january of 2017 so no matter how you slice it, yeah, that was probably at least five to six years ago what you watched, more than likely. So on 
Rotten Tomatoes, like I said, it was on there. It's actually listed as Nightmare at Shadow Woods. Surprise, surprise, it doesn't have a tomato meter score. It's uh, not applicable. No uh, aggregate uh, reviews there. But the audience score, which I think was a few hundred uh, ratings, it had a 33%. So not very good over there. On IMDb, which I, I don't uh, know exactly how many ratings this was, but it has 5.8 out of 10 stars. That's not too bad. It's probably about right. Actually, I just found it. It's uh, about 3,500, over 3,500 reviews. But, you know, this isn't the kind of movie you worry about, you know, honestly, you know, what the critics have to say about it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you pretty much, after you've seen it, you pretty much expect that split. <laughs> I guess, you mean from, you know, yeah, depending yeah. on who all is rating it. You're, you you, know, you know what to expect when you're when you're plugging in a, a slasher film from the '80s, right? Like you, there's a formula. You know kind of what to expect. You know just just grab yeah. your popcorn and sit down and have a good time. You know don't worry about yeah. what uh what the uh, critics are gonna say. So this movie was directed by John Grismer. He only directed one other film, and it was called Scalpel from 1987. So it was ten years prior to this, and he actually wrote. Or he was a writer on another movie that came out in 1973 called The Bride. Not not a very uh, thick resume there for John Grismer. He did have a couple films there. Now, I've never seen Scalpel or The Bride. Have either of you guys seen those? Uh, I've not seen Scalpel, but I've heard that it's pretty good, like kind of a sleeper-type movie. Where it's, uh, and it's more, uh, I guess, more thriller than horror, but, but I haven't seen it yet personally. Or the bride. Yeah, I think I think those two got away from me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the only bride I can think of is the uh, what's that movie with a? It was sort of a telling of Frankenstein. Did it have Sting in it? <laughs> and that was later on in the eighties, I think. I've never heard of this, but that sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> I think um, it's Sting. Are you talking, about, it, are you talking hmm? about Father of the Bride? <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course, Sting, the, and, and and also he's talking about Sting the Wrestler. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Princess's Bride? Yeah. Apparently, uh, actually, I just saw this. John Grismer is actually, uh, uh, he's currently, or at least sometime after this, he's become an author. And he wrote a book about the Civil War called Ghosts of Antietam back, uh, give or take, about uh, 19, 20 years ago. So I guess he just kind of moved on to other things after, you know, his, uh, his movie days. Writing credits. This is, uh, but there's only one writing credit. This is uh, written by Bruce Rubin, which in uh, I guess listed in the uh, movie uh, writing credits. I guess in the credits it would be as Richard Lambden. So it's a completely different name. He is uh, probably best known for being the the writer of Zapped outside of this <laughs> and uh, and the sequel Zapped Again. Apparently he wrote both of those So uh, that and this. That's pretty much it. I mean he's done a couple other things but that's pretty much it. So if you're in the old Scott Bayo movies, uh, Bruce Rubin or Richard Lambden, whatever the hell he's going by this week, that's, that's your man. Go to him. Well, uh, you know, as a prepubescent boy in the when Zap came out in the earlier 80s, I was not so much a fan of Scott Bayo as what he was doing with like zapping women's clothes off or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I do right. remember that movie a bit from back then. And I'm, I don't know, remember which, mo which movie we were talking about, which episode, but that has come up before on this podcast. I don't remember why. What the connection was, but we've talked about Zapped on here before. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what that was at all either. Some okay. random writer or something or somebody that was an actor and Must one of the been. other movies was in it i don't know but fuck it next episode zapped <laughs> 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 nothing says the holidays like zapped the cast of this movie it stars louise lasser as maddie now she plays the mom she's been in a ton of things i mean she's got 61 credits on imdb the biggest things that you know it, it always lists as known for on here is she was in a woody allen movie called bananas in 1998 she was in a movie called happiness uh, the year after that, 99, she was in Mystery Men. I'm not sure exactly what uh, role she had there, but she was in Mystery Men. Which, that's a movie I need to go back and watch. It's been a long time since I saw that movie, but I remember liking it when it came out. She was, uh, let's see, a num number of things. I mean, even before 
Her, I mean, her, her acting career started in 1962, so she was a veteran by the time this came along. The TV show Love American Style, she, had a, she, had a, uh, she was in an episode of that. Episode of Bob Newhart Show, a lot of TV series, Ma- Mary Tyler Moore, and a movie in 1973 called Slither. Apparently, she had a long run in a show called in the 70s called Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. I mean, according to this, I don't really know much about it. I don't even know what the hell it was. For some reason, it sounds kind of familiar, but I'm not really placing it. But she, according to this, she was in 325 episodes of this fucking show. <laughs> so... So uh, apparently it was a thing back in the 70s, uh, Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. And she was all about, she must have played Mary Hartman. Well, yeah, it says she played Mary Hartman in the series, so that was her show. And that would have been well before this. So I'm assuming that's probably what most people would have known her from before this movie came out. Because she was in a, a bunch of other shows like Taxi and Laverne and Shirley, St. Elsewhere, and a handful of other things before this. Didn't really help her out a whole a whole bunch after this, honestly. Uh but she was in a, a ton of a uh, handful of other movies after that, including Frankenhooker from 1990, <laughs> um, which is one. We now there's to, one we got to get around to soon. Yeah, which is one <laughs> we need to get around to, and it's also not the first time we've mentioned it on here. You know, from other connections. So yeah, yeah we definitely need to yeah. watch old Frankenhooker. And she's uh, uh, apparently she's still active today. Like although it's not a bunch of things, you know, it seems like it's random things here and there. But I mean, she's still active. Her most recent thing was a 2018 television movie called Did You Know My Husband. And uh, she's in a couple of things that are going to be coming out pretty soon. So she's still around. So the, I guess the the main guy in this movie is uh, is Mark Soper, who plays Todd and Terry. He plays both of the main twins. It's the old uh, Full House effect, you know, where you got one person playing two roles. He is, uh, I mean, like among our circles, this is probably going to be the one thing he's most known for, right? Um, on IMDb, he's known for White Oleander from 02, Swordfish from 01, Phenomenon from 1996, and of course, Blood Rage. Um, he's got, uh, let's see, 18 acting credits. So like he, he's been busy, but it's kind of sporadic, you know. And, and a great deal of those came in the 80s. Let me see, just kind of rolling through it. He was in a, a movie called The World According to Garp in 1982. Um, he played Michael Milton in that. Uh, he was in a series of Will's favorite show, T.J. Hooker, a few years before Blood Rage came out. Yay. <laughs> And 19, <laughs> uh, a year later, which, like we said, it, it took him four years for this movie to finally come out. But it came out in 87, so in 88, he was in Graveyard Shift 2. He played in a, a good handful of episodes of Knott's Landing. And like I said, he was in that uh, John Travolta movie Phenomenon back in 96. Um, his last acting credit was in 02 in White Oleander. From what I can tell, he's still alive. I guess he just kind of left the business after that. Like, he, I guess he's went on to other things. Yeah, because I'm not really seeing any other, uh, anything to do in film after, after 02, so... That's Mark Soper. I'm guessing he got tired of acting with John Travolta. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because uh, two or three of those I think I named were Travolta movies, <laughs> right? So there must be some natural uh, connection there. Julie Gordon plays Karen. Karen is the uh, his main uh, girlfriend, or it's it's uh, uh, Terry's girlfriend. You may remember her from such films as Deadly Illusion. It's a <laughs> Billy D. Williams. The poster of this looks awesome. I, I-, I will say. That might be something we have to just watch based on poster alone. Super Fuzz from 1980. If I Ever See You Again from 1978. That's about it, really, honestly. I pretty much just uh, listed off her entire uh, acting career because she's only got five acting credits. And then for whatever reason, she's got a special thanks in a, in a TV series called Insurance Wars. They, <laughs> in 2017, they gave her a special thanks. I don't know what the hell... That has to do with anything, but, uh... So, yeah, that, that's pretty much it for her. So, probably Blood Rage or, uh... Super Fuzz or Deadly Illusion would be the things that most, you know, anyone would recognize her from. Julie is played by Jane Bentz, or Benzen. 
I think that's how you say it. It's uh, it's spelled a little weird. Once again, not not a whole ton of credits. I mean, she's got four acting credits, and and this was her last one. So uh, she's still alive, from what I can tell. But like, this is pretty much it. She was in a, sh- a TV series called The Edge of Night, a film called A Breed Apart, and then Blood Rage. That that was pretty much it. Uh, Doctor Berman, which I saw something that like uh, you know the uh, he, he, she's the uh, the doctor that uh, Todd has at the beginning of the movie, you know, that comes to look for him when he gets out of the mental hospital. That was played by Marianne Cantor. She's actually one of the uh, producers of this movie, and she stepped in to take this role because apparently whoever they had cast to do it never showed up. Like, just like, all right, here, we're ready to go shooting. Hey, where's uh, that chick that's playing uh, the doctor? Uh, I, I don't know. She never showed up. All right, fuck. Well, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like that would be somebody's job to make sure that this person's here. Yeah, like the producer. <laughs> like, that sounds like kind of one of their jobs, right? <laughs> I don't know all the ins and outs. Well, I, how... dropped the, I dropped the ball on this one, so I guess I'll step in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like the plan it's not a, has worked all along. Yeah, and it's not, it's not a huge part, but it's a big enough part to where you think you would have locked that down, you know. <laughs> but nope. So she stepped in. Um, she only has eight eight acting credits, uh, and this was her last acting credit. <laughs> all of her acting credits, though, before this, all came in the '60s. So she clearly, you know, moved on to uh, do other things, and like she she only produced a couple of movies. This one in Dark August back in 1976. And like I said, all of her acting credits, most of them were just TV series and uh, and stuff like that. Nothing crazy. Uh, she was in The Palm Broker in 1964. And then uh, in 66, Hallucination Generation. And then in 67, she was in Devil's Angels. And then she didn't do anything else until Blood Rage. I guess maybe someone coaxed her out of retirement for this. And then, like, uh, since she got pushed into acting, she's like, fuck this, I'm, I'm done. And just left again. I don't, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> The timeline's a little weird. James Farrell plays Artie. Now he's kind of he's one of the the friends of uh, the girlfriend that's kind of hanging around and uh, eventually gets it. He's got seven acting credits. That this was his first acting credit, Blood Rage. Uh, but he actually had a, he was in an uh, episode of uh, The Sopranos, an episode of Third Watch, and a few other things since then. But that's pretty much that's pretty much it. So you would recognize him from Blood Rage and possibly. Maybe that random episode of Sopranos he was in. That's that's pretty much it, really. I mean, I, I don't think there's anyone that you'd need to uh, go out of your way to mention other than that brief, extremely brief cameo by Ted Raimi, which he's the uh, brother of Sam, you know, <laughs> Sam Raimi. Yeah. And from what I could tell, I believe this was like his first uh, acting role. And, and, and like I said, you know, I guess they filmed it, and then four years later, you know, <laughs> it finally comes out. Yeah, th- this yeah there's was... a story about that, too, about it being his first acting role, because uh, he, he, like, he left home and he told his dad he was going you know, to go to New York, see if he could find his way into the movies or whatever. And his dad told him, well, if you, you know, okay, go, I'll let you go. If you, in a such, such, such amount of time, if you haven't found anything, you come back here. And so I think he was there until, like, the last moment. And he finally, uh, I, don't know if, I don't know how it came about, whether he, Send him his, what do you call it? You know, your your photo thing to the people or whatever. Yeah, like headshot. A, a casting director yeah, yeah, on a headshot, headshot or, yeah, yeah. or whatever it was. However, it was he got in contact with this, the people making this movie? They had him come in, and then he's like, they gave him the role of the, the condom salesman in the drive in. <laughs> <laughs> and so then he was able to tell his dad, hey, I got a movie role. And <laughs> from that point on, I guess he, he stayed there. And this And this that was the scene, you know, the scene that was shot at the drive in in New Jersey. Uh, the rest of the movie, like you mentioned, was shot in Florida, but. The driving scene was the gig that he got in Jersey. <laughs> and his dad sees the movie and is like, boy, you must be proud. 
Yeah. Well, he didn't see the movie until 1987. I was about to say, <laughs> thankfully for him, by the time this came out, like Evil Dead 2 had already come out, or, you know, give or take, uh, you know, uh, the timeline of things, it came out the same year, so... Uh, by then he he was well he was well on his way. Oh yeah, because it says he had been in he had like a small role in the evil the first Evil Dead in 1981, which that makes sense because like I said his brother is Sam yeah. Raimi so there you go. Then he had a bit in 1985 called Crime Wave and then Now Shall Shalt Not Kill blank 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 except <laughs> he plays. I like that movie. That was a pretty fun movie. I remember that. I, mean, I haven't seen that <laughs> Thou Shalt Not Kill except since back in the day. And he and he plays the the real prominent role of Chain Man in that movie. But like the point is, is all yeah, those basically things. basically like a Charles Manson looking fi- figure, from what I remember, his his character yeah, in that yeah. movie, like a a cult leader guy. <laughs> so, so basically, the point is, is that like between uh, he obviously he's in the Evil Dead because of his brother. He didn't really do anything. He did this, but this didn't see the light till four years later. And then between that, Evil Dead Two comes out. So now you know he's kind of a he's kind of a made his place in the world by the time this comes out. Because after that, I mean, he's in Shocker in 1989. Um, he was in an episode of Alf back in <laughs> back in '89, which that's uh that's that's random. He was in Dark Man. <laughs> thanks for bringing it up. Yeah, <laughs> thanks <laughs> thanks for noticing. Dark Man. He was in Candyman episode of Baywatch, Army of Darkness, Maniac Cop Three, Badge of Silence. I mean, the, the dudes had uh tons of things since then. The movie Skinner <laughs> in 1993. Um, even bigger uh movies like Clear and Present Danger. Uh, Apollo, well, let's see, Apollo 11, that was a, a TV movie, so I'm, I was thinking of, uh, was Apollo 13. Wishmaster, and of course he was in, uh, Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, there was a few episodes of that he was in, and, uh, apparently he was in a ton of episodes of Sequest 2032 back in the mid-90s, all while making these other ones, and of course a bunch of episodes of Xena Warrior Princess, he had a big role in that all the way up until, uh, I guess 2001 when the show when the show ended and he's, he's in Spider-Man. So pretty much everything that his brother had something to do with, right. He was, he had a, he had a part in that and then other stuff, including the girl. Oh yeah. And that one movie that thou shalt not kill except I'm sorry, it was Sam Raimi that actually played the cult leader in that movie. I was wrong. Not Ted. Ted was in it, but it was Sam that actually played the cult leader. Dude. <laughs> yeah. It's worth watching just for that too. The grudge, you know, the one from Oh four, that was like the remake of the Japanese movie. And of course there's a, a video called tales from the crapper. Who can forget? <laughs> Wasn't that a trauma film? <laughs> Probably. I mean, without without looking into it, that sounds like something <laughs> trauma would do. Yeah. See, I mean, you can see, I mean, and he's still active uh, up till today. So I mean, there's tons of stuff. You would def- you would definitely recognize the face. But to go back to one of his first roles that he ever did, you'd have to watch Blood Rage. So there, and it's a very bit part, but uh, it, it's a memorable part because it's it's it sticks out like a sore thumb right at the beginning, and it's pretty funny. So. Yum yum. It's time for a tasty and refreshing snack. We promise to satisfy your hunger, your thirst, your sweet tooth. So visit our refreshment center now. Let's go! For you, the listeners of the All-American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. By now, you know the deal. You know, you sign up with the audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Uh, they give you a credit. You can take that credit and go pick out any audio book you want. If you cancel the service right then, you get to keep that one free book. So it's worth trying out audibletrial.com slash bookshow just to get one free book out of it. It helps us out, gives you a free book. So it's a win-win. Um, since this is the Thanksgiving special, we'll, uh, I just typed in Thanksgiving on Audible to see what would come up. And I'll just list off a few titles here. Uh, Thanksgiving by Janet Ivanovich. 
Uh, that one's a little over five hours long. Uh, that's more of a kid's book, but I guess Thanksgiving on Thursday. Magic Treehouse, book 27. <laughs> uh, that, <one's> only, <laughs> that, that one's only 42 minutes long, so I, I don't know if I'd use my free credit on that one. At least find one that's a little well, bit a little You're bit not longer. paying for it. So. Well, true, yeah. So there you go. If that floats your boat for the kids, then there you go. Um, this land... <laughs> This land is their land. The Wapanong Indians, Plymouth Colony, and the Troubled History of Thanksgiving. Well, that sounds deep. By David J. Silverman. And that one is almost 15 hours long. So I guess if you kind of want the, the real truth behind Thanksgiving and just get disturbed over eating your chicken, then I guess you can you can listen to that one. Um, you eat chicken on Thanksgiving? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, a, that's a Thanksgiving tradition around the... Around my house. <laughs> like, we're not having no fucking turkeys. <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with you and you turkey-eating asshole? You know how long it takes to cook a fucking turkey? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Chicken's way faster. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I do know how, how long it takes to cook a turkey because that's what everybody else in America does. <laughs> Speaking of which, that's based on the t- uh, the story of Squanto in the first Thanksgiving, the legendary American tale. <laughs> Uh, that's by Eric Metaxas, and that's 23 minutes long. See, what the hell, man? See, I'm finding these, like, the most brief Thanksgiving books ever made are listed on Audible. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that, that's enough. Or you could get the Holy Bible, <laughs> 75 hours long. Or this book, How to Cook a Chicken in 30 Minutes or Less. <laughs> <laughs> how, to, how to stuff a wild turkey. <laughs> 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 oh shit! All right, so there you go. So uh, to download your all free... right, that, that that settles it. We need to make a a, a Thanksgiving book, and the name of it's going to be "That's Not Cranberry Sauce." <laughs> That's not cranberry sauce. How to cook a chicken, and it's just like it's all <laughs> on Thanksgiving. It's all of us. <laughs> it's all of us giving a thumbs up, like wearing pilgrim outfits. Um. <laughs> All right, so to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash spookshow for your free audiobook. So there you go. That's, uh, you know, now that we've made uh, our money with Audible and uh, we help them out with uh, selling the chicken books, we can move on. <laughs> we can move on to, to the story or to the movie itself. It starts with the exterior of the Route 35 drive-in marquee. And there's a movie on the marquee called The House That Cried Murder. Do you, do you know if this is a real movie or not? I mean, because I looked and I couldn't really find, but it could be a real movie. Know that just, yeah. You know, maybe just never got wide release kind of thing. But I, I was just curious if this is a real thing or not, or just or they're just ah, we got to put something up on the marquee, uh, put this up there. You know, <laughs> but it definitely does sound like something that would have came out in, in a drive-in in the seventies. This is supposed to be nineteen seventy-four in Jacksonville, Florida, which is funny. You that know they, why it was called the Route Thirty-Five Drive-In? No, why? It's on Route Thirty-Five. Oh, okay. Well, oh. <laughs> And that is uh, deep, cuts. <laughs> deep cuts. The House That Cried Murder is a PG movie. came out in 1973. Oh, there you go. This is supposed to be 1974 oh, yeah. Jacksonville. So, yeah, it times oh, out perfect. I'd be at the one we look up because I've never even heard of that one either. Yeah. Next up on the spook show, The House That Cried Murder. <laughs> <laughs> we found the one surviving copy. <laughs> so then you see... A newlywed... Hold on. A newlywed bride discovers that her husband is still seeing his old girlfriend when she sees them together. But instead of confronting him, yes, I just wanted to, I just wanted to let y'all's mind run for a oh, second. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> she decides to punish them in a terrifying way, using the strange, customized house she built herself. Mm, so it's the house 
that cried murder. And I don't even re- really recall, was the movie playing in the background at all when they're, when, you know, the scene was. <laughs> well, I don't know that they showed too much from it. I yeah, mean, yeah, maybe I mean, you hear stuff, but. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody was trying to get busy during that yeah. movie. So. <laughs> you're, you're so focused in on all the 1974 fucking going on that, uh. You're not really paying attention to the house that cried murder playing on the screen. But yeah, like, so, like I said, you see on the screen, it says 1974 Jacksonville, Florida. And then this is when you see the scene of uh, this guy buys popcorn and then he goes into the bathroom. Like, wouldn't you, but by the way, the order of that is kind of fucked, right? Like, wouldn't you, wouldn't you go to the bathroom <laughs> first and then go buy the popcorn? But no, he takes the damn popcorn into the bathroom and then Ted Raimi's in there like a creep selling condoms to, <laughs> to guys. <laughs> Well, he's like, yeah, I like those Trojans. That'll be a dollar. And then he's like, ha ha, I made a dollar. <laughs> How much could this dude possibly make in one evening at the drive-in to make it worth his time? Well, at that one, he's probably making a pretty good living. Because <laughs> that's all they're down for. <laughs> Apparently, that's all they wanted to do in the drive-ins back in the 70s. It was just, you know, didn't matter what the movie was. Let's just uh, fucking buy condoms from the dude that's hanging out in the bathroom. <laughs> Man, they're stupid back here because that's the wrong way to do it. <laughs> 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 so yeah, you see these couples making out and everything, and then like it goes to the, to the, the to the main vehicle there where a couple is uh, making out, and like she's like, ah, I don't know if I want to. This is where you're introduced to Maddie, you know, which turns out to be the mom in the movie. I, yeah, this is weird. You know, the boys are in the back, and you look in like they're in like a station wagon, and you see two. Uh, how old would you say these kids are? Like ten, eleven, something like that. The twin boys. Yeah. Give yeah. Or take sounds at, right. They're asleep in the back, and then like uh, they start making out again, and then the boys wake up and say, "Oh, mom's at it again." And then they get out of the car, <laughs> and then they immediately go over to the back of somebody's truck and pick up a damn hatchet, like an axe, in the back of this dude's truck. <laughs> then they go over to this other truck where these guys, this, this couple is straight up screwing, and then he's staring at them like he's not saying anything, but he's just staring at them doing this. And then like the guy st- uh, finally sits up and says, like, "Hey, get out of here, you creep!" And then he just brains this motherfucker with the axe, like. <laughs> He just starts chopping on him, chopping on him, and then he makes the move of uh, like uh, they're screaming or whatever. Like the, the girl jumps out of the car and she just runs away butt naked, and everybody's <laughs> kind of, this calls attention to it. So he quickly hands the uh, the hatchet to his brother, who's just standing there like kind of like shocked by the whole thing, and then smears blood on his face and just like, oh my god, oh my god, Todd, I, you what know. did you do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And the, yeah, the, then the mom comes over. She's like, Todd, Todd, oh my God, you know. <laughs> now, I really question the police department in this one because <laughs> uh, first off, you've got a firsthand uh, account uh, witness <laughs> that runs off butt naked. So everybody knows where she went. Yep. She could probably say which one of these kids did this. And then on top of that, like, there, there's got to be blood splatter all over one kid and just smeared on the other. No, nope, no, nope. we're just going to take it at face value and throw this kid into the uh, mental asylum for 10 years. <laughs> no more questions needed. <laughs> Alternate reality, this movie gets made, and it's just about a guy living in an apartment complex. Yeah. <laughs> Real boring. It's called Three's Company. <laughs> yeah, really? Hmm. <laughs> All right, so then on the screen you see 10 years later, and then Maddie, the mom, she's going to visit Todd. Uh, they established pretty quick that this is Thanksgiving because, like, you know, as she's rolling in, like, she talks to the security guard, like, happy Thanksgiving. So, all right, you know, here we are. We're on Thanksgiving Day 10 years later. And, to- like I said, Todd now is in a mental hospital, and uh, she goes in to visit him. And uh, this is being narrated by Dr. Berman, you know, who's, like, his new doctor or whatever. And 
uh, this is the first time she's ever seen the, you know, Maddie with uh, Todd there. So, like, she brings in like a little box and he opens it up and there's a piece of pumpkin pie in there and then he just, then he just like, you know, like smashes the pie and there's like this whole dramatic, wall. yeah, like he's just all dramatic about the pie <laughs> while, uh, <laughs> while the narrator is kind of like saying like, basically like he's been catatonic for 10 years. He snapped out and, uh, he says that he didn't kill anybody. It was, his, it was his twin brother, Terry, that did it. And apparently she's the only one that really believes him. Like the doctor tells the mom, but she doesn't really believe it, you know, cause they just think he's crazy. Then you cut to uh, Thanksgiving dinner. They actually have Thanksgiving dinner at uh, uh, Maddie's house, you know, Maddie and uh, Terry's house there. Maddie and her boyfriend, Brad, they announced that they're getting engaged. And you can instantly tell that Terry is pissed by this. I guess this is kind of the moment that kind of sets them off, really, right? I guess, you know, the way you see things kind of play out after <laughs> that. Because I'm guessing the connection there is, like, this is what makes Terry snap. Like, when he's a kid, he sees his mom making out with this dude. So then he just takes a hatchet over there start, and just brains that guy to death. <laughs> and then and then now that his mom's getting married to this other guy, then he just goes on a killing rampage. So is that what they're trying to say? Is like this is what everything that she does sets him off, I guess. Um It's definitely got some kind of Oedipus complex. Yeah, there, there's that, there's something going on there. Then uh Maddie gets a phone call while they're all eating dinner that Todd has escaped the mental hospital and then she calls Terry and there's like, Look, don't say anything, you know, we're we're having a nice dinner, you know. There's no reason to tell anybody this, you know. So then he immediately goes in there and sits down. So <laughs> you're about to meet my brother. He just escaped from the mental asylum. Could you pass me the peas? <laughs> <laughs> the peas, you say? Oh. Yeah, peas. That would be awesome, right? Like, that's a real deep cut connection to Home Sweet Home. <laughs> pass the peas, please. <laughs> you know, you just make a great double feature. Yeah. <laughs> great it's a double feature great i don't know but um it's two movies back to back says siskel and ebert so yeah, then i think siskel and ebert would uh <laughs> would love to see what they thought of these movies yeah <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure they thought highly of them um oh, yes yeah. so like he says like uh yeah you're gonna meet him he's, he's nuts as hell he's on his way uh past the corn and then Maddie's just looking at him like, what the fuck? You know, I just told you. <laughs> <laughs> See, if I'm at mom, I start smacking. I don't care. Oh, yeah. Like, I think any any mom that's not half off a rocker like uh, Maddie is here in this movie would probably just start <laughs> slapping you upside the head. I just told you, you little shit. You know, <laughs> not to say a <laughs> word, then you immediately. <laughs> so then Dr. Berman and, a, and, a, and another guy, his name is Jackie. They show up and the dude pulls like a tranquilizer gun on uh, on Terry when he answers the door, which I'm getting in a fight right there, right? Some dude jacks me up and points a gun at me, man. Like, I don't care what the circumstances is. Me and you's going to roll. But, like, you know, the doctor uh, explains, well, it's a tranquilizer gun. We're here to look for uh, Todd. You know, he's out of the he's out of the home. So then Brad's like, all right, well, uh, uh, I'll go down to the office here, you know, to help them out. And uh, you guys stay here. All right. So Jackie and... Uh, and uh, Dr. Berman split up to go look. So Terry, like, so Brad's sitting there, like, so he, Brad goes back to his office and he's just sitting there, like, and he, and you notice, like, the like the radio program he's listening to is kind of like this creepy, end of the, like, all night Bible. It's not necessarily preaching. It's just some dude reading Bible stories and, and talking yeah. about the Bible, like, all like night long. He's, apocalyptic Bible stories. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what the? And he's just sitting there, like, this is his easy listening time, right? And he just, he pops open a beer and just kicks back and listening to it. Terry or uh, 
Todd comes up from behind him and like he spins around. And he's like, "What are you doing here?" Something like it's like, "What?" And then he he cuts he cuts Brad's hand off and the blood spurting everywhere. And then the hand it's got the beer in it lands on the ground and the <laughs> hand is still moving. Like, <laughs> what the hell? It like, crushes the beer can, kind of. Or like, yeah, yeah. Like, or try, attempts to crush the beer can. <laughs> say, man, we figured out how to do this, so we got to get this in the movie somehow. Like, you know. <laughs> But uh, the hand is still wiggling, or whatever, and he's screaming. And then you hear the, uh, you know, the cut. He, he clearly he takes the machete and he he cuts him with it, but you don't see it. And as the radio program, the guy, the preacher guy's talking about an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a hand for a hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw something in passing too. Like, see, hand, huh? Apparently, huh? apparently huh? I did. I saw it. Not, some... not, not nearly as clever as as the other, you know, Evil Dead Two that we talked about with the hand. You know, where it's when Bruce cuts his hand off and puts a bucket over it and then he throws the book on top of it and it's a farewell to arms. Yeah. <laughs> That's way better. <laughs> well, apparently somewhere in this office, there's like an MC Escher painting or drawing or something of a, of a hand on the wall. So like you see this somewhere oh, yeah. in there, <laughs> but right before he chops the yeah. dude's hand off. So there's, there's another little yeah. random thing there. So then you go back to like the, to the guy that came with Dr. Berman, Jackie, he's out there smoking a joint. And then Terry walks up like, "Hey, you want you want a hit of this?" Uh, then he just basically runs him through with the machete right after Jackie says, "Yeah, uh, Doctor Berman told me like uh, the the kicker is that this 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 dude Todd didn't even really do anything." So then he just runs him through with a machete and kills him, and then walks off. <laughs> then it cuts to Maddie, the mom. She's she's all stressed out. She's just sitting in the floor with pulling leftovers like leftover corn and green beans, cold out of the refrigerator, just eating them like <laughs> handfuls, like. Handful of corn. Yeah, like she's just like peeled back the tinfoil and eating cold corn and cold green beans. Like, no, no. Um, at least heat them up for God's sake, you you cannibal. My world's falling apart. Yeah, so clearly you see, you start to see the cracks, right? Like with this woman, she's half uh half a nut too. As you you know, as the movie goes along here, Terry comes eventually comes after Doctor Bateman as it keeps cutting back to Maddie. Like now she's like. She's smoking and like she's pouring like half a gallon of wine into the cup and like drinking like nonstop. Like she's clearly like wigging out. So r pretty much this is cutting back and forth. And Terry comes after Dr. Berman. Like you, she screams like, ah, and then, but you don't see anything happen. And then you see her pouring the wine. Then it cuts back and Dr. Berman is straight up cut in half and she's still alive. <laughs> just screaming like, you know, her, her legs are over here and she's just, ah, and then she dies. Yeah, except she screams and she screams. And she screams, <laughs> and she screams, and then she gets chopped in half. Like, why didn't you run? Yeah. <laughs> it's like that old uh, Austin Powers thing where, like, you can see, <laughs> yeah. the, just get out of the way. You can easily move. Ah! Ah! <laughs> and then they run over him. <laughs> but, yeah, it cuts back, and she's cut in half, but she's still alive, you know, like, for an another moment or two, and then she finally dies. So it's a real dramatic death here. And this is where Terry Tate, for some reason, what the fuck, right, He's got blood on his shirt. He tastes it, and he says, "That's not cranberry sauce." <laughs> nope, definitely. <laughs> like you should know that, right? You just you just massacred like three people in a row. You know that's probably blood, right? Nope, nope, definitely not cranberry sauce. <laughs> and this is a running theme from here on out. So then Karen, which is uh, uh, Terry's girlfriend, she comes upon Todd, and she thinks Todd is Terry. And she's like, well, I've made my decision. I want you to make love to me. <laughs> and he's like, uh, I've never kissed a girl before. And, like, what? and then she realizes that this is uh, Todd, not Terry. 
and she takes off running. And she she goes and tells like Artie and uh, the other guy, which I can't think of his name right away. I think it's Greg. Um, that uh, Todd's over there. They go looking for him. Don't find him. Terry comes home and tells Maddie that Todd is here. He's around somewhere. Um, so she's obviously freaked out by this. Then Todd is wandering around out here by himself. He eventually comes upon Dr. Berman's body. <laughs> and then he grabs the legs and puts them back with her torso. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> she had a pistol. She had a pistol and he picks it up and takes it. Then as he's walking through the woods or whatever, he's just he's just meandering around kind of aimlessly, right? Like for some reason Todd is. Uh, he comes upon this little girl who's out looking for her cat. And he tells her, like, real nicely, like, look, uh, there's some bad stuff afoot tonight, so just go on home and lock the door. And don't answer the door for anybody, no matter what. Okay, you know, she takes off. Then Terry eventually goes to, over to Julie's. Now, Julie is, like, this girl that they met at Thanksgiving. They're like, they just instantly meet this person, then invite him over for Thanksgiving, right? It's like, is that, is my family the weird one that, like, you know, doesn't invite people they just met today to their Thanksgiving dinner? Like, it's kind of odd, right? <laughs> Um, but like Julie and her mom came over here and eat this Thanksgiving chicken with me. (laughs) I mean, I I, I didn't want to share my Thanksgiving chicken with anybody. So (laughs) maybe that's just my family selfishness speaking. I don't know. She she goes, so that Julie and her mom go to their Thanksgiving dinner. So eventually like, she's like, yeah, I like to party or whatever. So Terry eventually makes his way over to Julie's house. No, I'm sorry. Julie, this is the complete good Lord. I'm setting this up all wrong. Terry goes, Julie is the one that was, uh, the girl, uh, ready to get down. Andrea. Andrea is the one that I'm talking about was the red, was the one that was ready to get down or whatever with any dude that would basically come and have her. The one that came to their Thanksgiving yeah. dinner. She's babysitting yeah. for Julie. Julie's the one that I was thinking of. So Julie comes in with her, with this guy she's on a date with Bill. So apparently she's just, she's gold digging, right? Like Bill's got some money and she's, she's trying to play him for the money because she has a little infant. They kind of play this little, you know, coy back and forth or whatever. Terry goes into, you know, Julie and Bill do. Uh, she goes on like, I'm going to put on something comfortable, you know, to get some lingerie on. Terry knocks on the door. You don't see it happen, but Terry cuts Bill's head off <laughs> and then hangs it from like the steps in front of the door. So then by the time Julie comes back out with the lingerie on, she opens up the door and you see Bill's head hanging from the steps there right in front of the door. And then, like, she's, like, freaking out. Oh, God, I got to get the baby out of here. I got to get out of here. She got, But first she goes over to put a coat on from the closet, cause she's, I guess because she's wearing the lingerie. And then Terry comes up from behind her and, like, helps her put the coat on. And then it cuts away. Like, you don't see what happens at that point. But you can hear the baby crying in the background. Todd eventually goes back to his home, you know, Maddie's, Maddie and Terry's apartment. And uh, he finds Maddie passed out drunk. So he he picks her up and puts her to bed, and then he gives her a kiss. Now, she wakes up, and she's like, give mommy a kiss. And, like, they kiss like, like you know, the lover's kiss. Like, <laughs> this ain't mommy kissing her son, man. It's like, <laughs> it's kind of a weirdo, kind of like on the on the lips kiss here. Uh, <laughs> All of a sudden, it starts going real Brady Bunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. The real Brady Bunch. <laughs> so then, but eventually like, it cuts back to an, a different scene of something, right? But then it comes back to Maddie and she's back up again. Like she was just laying in the bed, you know, with uh, Todd or whatever. Now it comes back. Todd's gone. And now she's back up drinking the wine again. Like she, she's got the wine glass like full, you know, full to the brim again. And uh, she's acting crazy on the phone. Like she's trying to get her boyfriend on the phone, but she's acting all uh, uh, damn wacko about it. Right. Like to the operator who can't get through. And it kind of cuts back and forth here at this part of the movie, like to her just talking crazy on the phone and stuff. 
uh, Andrea and Greg, remember that's the girl that came over for Thanksgiving dinner or whatever. Now she's with that, you know, one of their friends, Greg. They're out there playing tennis, and then eventually they make it over to the pool. Like they have, there's like an indoor pool, and then all of a sudden, bam, they're just having sex on a diving board on the side of the on the side of the pool. <laughs> and then Terry busts in and says, "Stop that! You shouldn't do that." Whatever the hell he said, and then he slices like he cuts Todd with the machete. Or I'm not, I'm not sorry, uh, not Todd, Greg. He cuts Greg with the machete and. and Greg, like, flies back into the pool, and the pool gets all bloody and stuff. And then he slices at Andrea, like, cuts her face. And then as you see the blood in the pool from Greg, you can hear in the background him kind of, you know, hit Andrea again with the machete. She's screaming, then she stops screaming. So, clearly, he just murdered them both. Which I'll point out now, since we're on it, later on when they come back to that pool, wouldn't there still be blood in the pool from Greg, no. just, from Greg just bleeding no. out. <laughs> no, I, I think chlorine. The chlorine dissolves it, so it yeah. Be... And I'm sure they had filters in there. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Who, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who That's am what I they're to, for? Who am I to question <laughs> such matters? So then, eventually, Todd pulls the gun that he, ha- you know, that he took from uh, Doctor Berman's corpse. Um, he pulls the gun out on Artie, and, and basically to get Artie to take him to Terry, I guess to take him home. I don't. I, I never really got the point of that either. Like, why would he? He was just there at that house, right? He helped put Maddie to bed. Why would he need to pull the gun on Artie to take him to the house, right? <laughs> I don't get the connection there, but Artie takes him there. And then as soon as they answer the door, he points the gun at Terry and then he kind of stares at him for a second and then just like, ah, and then runs away. Like he, he has like the chicken shit <laughs> moment. Like he, he can't do it, whatever, right? Then eventually Terry and Artie, after that, they take off and chase after Todd. And then they, there's like this little uh, nature walk nearby where there's like this bridge where there's been a couple of scenes you know that you've seen already and uh they come up on like this uh little rag or something and they pull it back and there's a bunch of weapons there's like the machete fork and you know a couple maybe an axe or something right there's a couple a saw or something a few blunt objects in there and i said hey, check this out and he picks up the fork and said man this is crazy already picks up the the machete and then terry says that's not cranberry sauce already <laughs> And then takes and then takes the fork. It's like one of those like hot dog forks, right? You'd use on a grill or something. And like a barbecue grill. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he stabs Artie right in the neck with it, and uh, you know blood spurts everywhere. He he's he's killed him out. And then I think he says it again, right? That's definitely not cranberry sauce. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> like after he after he picks the machete back up and walks off with it, Karen find this is the girlfriend. She finds Terry. And then, he, like, now he's completely lost it, right? Like, he's not even keeping up appearances anymore. Like, he says something like, uh, he's saying something to her, that, yeah, we should go call the cops. And as he's walking away, he's like, he, he turns around and says, Karen, I love you. And then swings the machete after her, and then she, chase, you know, she runs away, and he, he chases her. And then eventually, this is, like, in, in a lot of these 80s slasher movies, right, this is where the dominoes start to fall in place of you start finding the bodies. You know, like open up the closet. Holy shit, there's a body, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Because she, she hides in, like, this patio closet. There's the uh, the tranquilizer dude, you know, the guy that was smoking weed, Jackie. He's in that closet dead. She comes out, and Terry's, like, holding the body of Artie like a puppet, and he's just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and, she, and it was funny, too. She's kind of like, why are you doing this? And slaps at him and then just runs away. <laughs> she, she's acting rather rather nonchalant about it. Like, I don't understand you anymore, Terry. Just kind of slaps at him and then runs away <laughs> as he's holding a corpse like a puppet and laughing. So she eventually makes her way over, you know, the, the little uh, seed that they they sowed earlier of the little girl that won't, won't uh, you know, that went back in her house and locked herself in that was looking for the cat. She comes, comes and pounds on the door like, no, I can't let you in. Someone, you, you'll hurt my cat or something like that. So, you know, all that was setting up this moment. <laughs> 
And then moved on. Yeah, and then moved on quickly. You never saw the girl again. <laughs> or her parents, ever. I'm thinking they were they were they thought they were being really clever with that. Like, oh, we'll write this in, and then the chickens will come to roost. You know, <laughs> and nothing. She uh, Karen eventually makes it to Julie's apartment. Remember, she was the gold digging chick. You know, with the lingerie. She makes it to Julie's apartment. She hears a baby crying. She goes in there, and then she finds Terry pulling a machete out of Julie. So, like somehow, like <laughs> from what they just did. Uh, out there where he's playing puppet with Artie's body, he ma- he manages to get back into Julie's apartment, <laughs> and he's uh, apparently murdered her or just started stabbing her again for some reason, because he's like pulling the machete out of her <laughs> as she sees this and she screams and then Todd shows up. Yeah, Todd shows up and then she locks Todd out because now she's freaked out like, oh god, it's Todd. Like for some reason, like she she can't figure out which one she should be freaked out about, right? So she locks Todd out so he can't come in and help. She goes and hides somewhere and then Terry comes for her, right? And he's got the machete. And it's kind of a cool scene where, like, she's on the phone, like, trying to call the police. And then it, it, it's a cool angle where, like, uh, Terry kind of slowly walks up and you see the machete and, like, it's dripping blood and everything. <laughs> then she just takes the phone and hits him right in the dick. <laughs> As she's sitting in the floor and he's, like, you know, he's waist high, like, on her. As she's sitting on the floor, she just pops him right in the nuts with the phone. He's like, oh, that really hurt. <laughs> she runs, she grabs, she runs, she grabs the baby and runs off. Meanwhile, you cut back to Maddie, who's still acting, you know, uh, nuts over in their, her apartment over there. She's throwing like stuff away from the fridge, and then she finds a bloody shirt in the trash can. And then that's when she's like, all right, something's going on here. She runs over to Brad's place, you know, he's like he's across the way there, and then she finds him dead in there. We're like. Not only is his hand chopped off, but now you see that like he his his body falls over and his head has been split in two. So it just you know it's it's a cool pretty cool gore effect, right? He just kind of falls oh, yeah. over and, yeah. and the head's blah, you know. So she obviously freaks out, but now she's clearly done lost it. Like she leans up against the body a little bit later on, like I'm gonna make everything all right as she picks up the pistol. So now Karen, you know, what do you do when you're running from a, a machete wielding maniac? You just go to the pole and then sit beside the pole um, with a with a crying baby. You know, probably the most noisiest place you could possibly go with a crying baby. A huge indoor pool area. <laughs> that See, should, you're masking the sound. That, that should be full of blood, but has no blood in it whatsoever. She eventually, like, uh, Terry shows back up, and he's, like, bouncing on the diving board. He's being all, like, goofy about it. She she screams and runs and hides, like, in the locker room, and she just puts the baby under the sink. <laughs> Which, I guess, in this scenario, it's as good a place as any, right? But she just puts the baby under the sink. And then she's going to hide in the sauna, and then that's where she finds the dead bodies of Andrea and Greg. They're, like, stacked up in there in the sauna. Um, so then she, she quickly closes that door and goes and hides in the stall, right? Terry comes in. He kind of, like, he takes a leak and, you know, doesn't find her or the baby, and then he walks back out. She comes out of the stall, and then, of course, he comes around the corner and, like, swings at her with the machete, and it cuts her on the shoulder. But she runs out, and then Todd is there. He's in the, you know, the main pool area. He's there. He's pointing the pistol at Terry. And then, like, basically, it's kind of like that moment, like, where he's not going to do it. So, fuck it, Karen grabs the pistol and then points it at him. And she, like, clicks it a couple times. There's no bullets. So then, basically, Todd comes, or Terry comes over and starts blaming Todd again. Like, I think he puts, like, the machete in his hand and spreads the blood on his face again. And he's like, no. And then they roll around and fight. And then they end up landing in the pool. And they're over there beating the shit out of each other right when the mom, Maddie, comes in. Terry gets out on one side of the pool, like, furthest away from him. And, and uh... Karen is helping Todd out of the pool, like right in front of him. Maddie just pulls the pistol out and shoots Terry five times. Like she shoots him in the gut, shoots him in the head, and then pops off uh, three more rounds. And, you know, Terry falls into the pool 
dead. So then she grabs a hold of Tog and Tog. Tog who the hell? <laughs> now there's a new character introduced right in the last minute. It's called Tog. Um, she gra- she grabs a hold of Todd and she's hugging him, and she's like, "Oh God, you know, now it's just me and you. You know, uh, it's, you're the one I loved all along. It's just me and you, Terry." And then he's like, "I'm Todd," and then she's like, "No, now I couldn't quite understand what she is saying here." Is she saying, uh, he's saying, I'm Todd. Is she saying that or is she saying, I'm done? I couldn't quite make it out. I thought she was saying, I'm Todd. I thought she just kept saying it over and over. That's kind of what I was thinking. Repeating what he said. Yeah, I'm Todd. And she's like, I'm Todd. I'm Todd. But it also kind of like, if you look at her, what she's saying, it also kind of looks like she's saying, I'm done. With the way she's kind of rolling her tongue. Whatever. I mean, I'm I'm probably overthinking it. But either way, clearly she's done. So she picks up the... As Todd, like, you know, like, fuck you, basically, and, like, walks over to the other side of the pool. She takes, she picks up the pistol and shoots herself, and the pistol hits the ground uh, in, a, like, a spatter of blood, and then it shows Todd, and then freeze frame goes to the credits. So, there we have it. Nightmare of Shadow Woods slash slasher slash blood rage from 1987. <laughs> Will, what's your star rating on this bad boy? Uh, I think I'm going to give this one a two, unless, unless we're making a, a turkey uh, ratings and it'll give it a five because it's the best Thanksgiving movie I've ever seen. <laughs> don't you mean of the, a horror movie? Don't you mean the chicken rating? Oh yeah. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> oh okay, my bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Professor, what do you say? I, I I enjoy this one for what it is, you know, and the, and the gore. I mean, one thing that stands out in this movie, if nothing else, one thing that stands out is uh, the splatter effects are pretty very well done. I, that's one thing we didn't mention. I'll get to that once we start talking about the. The gore score and everything. We didn't really talk about the makeup effects artist, but but uh, my star rating, I'll go with a three on it. Uh, myself, I guess I'm gonna kind of like literally fall like right in between you guys. I'm gonna go with the two and a half. I really enjoyed it. You know, it, like I said, it's almost like paint by numbers. You know, they did do some things a little differently in this that some slasher movies do. You know, of the time, mm. they tried to do the the twin brother thing, and I think they pulled that off pretty good. I mean, I, I think. It's not a great acting job by Mark Soper here, but it's pretty good. You know, like, he does play the parts pretty distinctly different. You know, like, and, and maybe oh, yeah. it's just the way they did, the, like, the the clothes and, like, pulled his hair back. And, you know what I mean? Like, it's just enough of a difference to where you know which one he's playing when he's doing it. You know, um, it's a weird crazy, you know, the, the Terry part. Obviously, Todd's not really crazy. He's just shell-shocked and then eventually comes to his senses, right? But Terry's uh, mm-hmm. straight up fucking nuts, and <laughs> and he plays that part pretty well because it's like a nonchalant kind. Of, it's not like a maniacal laughter. You know this guy's gonna kill everybody. Kind of nuts. It's just kind of like he knows what he's doing is right, and there's you know he's just gonna do what he wants to do because this is fun, right? Kind of maniac, you know. So um, I think <laughs> the guy plays it pretty pretty well. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. You know, it's not uh, something I'm gonna pull out and watch often but you know i would definitely watch it again so i, I think it's worth two and a half for me for sure i definitely enjoyed it will what's the kill count counted 11 uh so we've got the uh trojan fan uh, i guess is what we're going to call the uh, guy in the back seat of the car <laughs> who got uh hacked in the face yeah uh we got brad who got his hand cut off and his head split in half jackie who got stabbed through the gut dr berman who got chopped in half bill got decapitated off screen Greg and Andrea slashed and killed with a machete. Artie stabbed in the neck with a carving fork. Julie was stabbed with a machete. Terry shot four times. And Maddie, who shot herself. I think that about wraps it up. <laughs> I can't think of any left on the table. And I was kind of doing a lose count myself as I was watching it. 
and I think that's pretty much dead on. Like I, I think you got them all there. Uh, one thing about slasher movies, yeah, that 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 at least you know the kill count. You can pretty much guarantee your kill count almost. I mean, unless it's depending on the supernatural elements of some slasher movies, but for the most part, you can. You know, like some of the other movies we've done where maybe ten or fifteen people got killed off screen at some point somewhere or sometime, yeah. or somebody mentioned this or that thing. But at least with the slasher movie, you know, you can pretty much. It happens on screen for the most part, and you can count them easy. <laughs> well, the the one thing too, like you you'll notice, and especially in the '80s slash, slasher movies like these, sometimes it happens off camera, like you don't even see anything happen. Like I'll take for instance, uh, what was it, Andrea? You know, when they're having sex at the pool, mm-hmm. like you see that he oh, cut, yeah. he cuts Greg, and the dude flies into the pool. Yeah, and you see him cut Andrea, but like she, he just cuts her on the face. So unless you're really yeah. paying attention and listening, you wouldn't hear like she's screaming and then you hear something and then she stops screaming, right? So if you're not paying attention yeah. to that slight detail, you might say like, well, was she dead or did she die <laughs> from a cut to her face? Like what, what just happened to her, you know? <laughs> yeah. You see that a lot in those kind of movies where you get the off-screen kills. Yeah, and um, then you kind of have to just go with it. I mean, if you yeah, don't necessarily yeah. see it, yeah, you, exactly. kinda, you assume so unless you see that character come back at some point. <laughs> exactly. You assume she's <laughs> dead, but you don't know it for sure until you, yeah, yeah, there she is. You know, she and, and she's usually... Those victims are usually hiding in a closet or a sauna or, you know. <laughs> yeah. And they're all revealed yeah. <laughs> later. But uh, So, Smoke, what's the uh, gore score for this one? This is another one that so far that we've had. I don't know how many, what the count is of how many of the higher end of gore that we've had. But this is this would be up there. I'd give it an eight, I'd say, for the gore score. Uh, all the kills that Will had mentioned were all done pretty, with a decent amount of splatter in it, you know. Like that, that hack, axe hatchet thing at the very beginning where he's hacking the guy's head that was pretty graphic oh the uh hitting you know lopping the guy's hand off and he had a little gag of him crushing the hand crushing the beer can sort of thing i mean it was all done some of it was done very tongue-in-cheek some of the splatter effects but uh they were all effective and then that guy we didn't mention it earlier when we we're talking about the background but it was ed french was a makeup artist on this movie and uh, also he played bill the character bill whose head gets cut off okay and hung up yeah that was a that was a makeup effects guy, and uh, that guy is probably he's probably worth the most of anybody in this anybody else in this movie because um, outside of maybe Ted Raimi, but I mean he's done makeup effects from going back to like Nightmare, aka Nightmares in a Damaged Brain, and I think it went under another title called Blood Splash in 1981. That one's the one we got to get to on the show because that that movie's up there with the, like Maniac as far as uh, extreme extreme slasher horror gore and just grittiness, you know. That's like his first credit, and then he's hell. He's still been doing stuff. I think his last credit was uh, Perry Mason, the 2020 TV series, hmm. and before that, the SpongeBob movie, SpongeBob, uh, <laughs> Sponge on the Run. <laughs> that's a wide. And, uh, that's anything a wide in between, no. uh, yeah, I know that's a big gamut there to run. Yeah. And I mean, and anything in between, and he's got 83 credits on IMDb for makeup effects, and he did like Amityville two. He did some stuff on Sleepaway Camp, even uh, Exterminator two, Chud, The Stuff, Necropolis. So needless, oh, to, I mean, needless to say, we'll be running across some more of this man's work uh, over the next definitely. over the next few uh, years here for sure. Yeah. All right. So I guess I mean, did you guys have anything else you wanted to add here on Blood Rage before we tease what's uh, coming up next on the Spook Show? I'm good. Yeah. That's not Cranberry Sauce. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of the movie on the next show. It's a documentary. <laughs> Dude, they missed a call. If they ever make a documentary documentary for this movie, that it needs to be called something to do with cranberry sauce, right? Yeah. Any, anything yeah, else? Yeah, like, you like, know, Monster Squad's about. got, you know, Wolfman's got Nard. Yeah, whatever, exactly. You know, they, and uh, Creep Show, I forget what that documentary is. Oh, it's called Just Desserts. You know, yeah, yeah, with the head, yeah. So, uh, yeah, this one should be That's Not Cranberry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. All right, so with that being said, on the next episode, we're going to be, you know, that was our Thanksgiving special. So we're going to start the 
the uh, the Christmas holiday season off, and we're gonna we're gonna hopefully watch a couple of Christmas movies this year, like we did last year. And we're gonna start it off with in our next episode with a movie that came out in 2017, but was actually made in 2016, called Better Watch Out. The IMDb synopsis on this is: On a quiet suburban street, a babysitter must defend a 12-year-old boy from intruders only to discover it's far from a normal home invasion. It seems like I remember this coming out. Like, you know, it seems like I've probably seen the trailer or something about it, but I haven't watched it myself. So uh, I'm looking forward to checking this out. Um, you know, and, and the, the the Christmas horror movies are always kind of cool, you know, because there, there's tons of them. So uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, tons to choose from <laughs> on this holiday, as, as opposed to Thanksgiving where, you know, you're kind of scratching the barrel most years and, we probably, like I said yeah, before... Yeah, the, the pickings are slim now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. hell, we've taken out two of the major ones, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> or at least one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, one one that's, that, was really, that was at least entertaining and well, somewhat well-made. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and then the other thing. <laughs> we'll always find something. I mean, you know, even if oh, it's yeah. somewhat indirectly has something to do with Thanksgiving, turkeys or chickens, whatever. You know, we'll find something. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> I right, so yeah, just get ahead of the chicken. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just three guys. go ahead and get ahead of the curve for the next episode. Uh, you can watch uh, as of the recording of this episode here in here in November. You can find Better Watch Out streaming on Shutter Prime Video. So it's available in a couple ways if you don't own a copy, or or you can just go rent it like you know any movie. Go to your local video store and <laughs> find a copy of this. But uh, yeah, just go ahead and uh, watch Better Watch Out and get uh, get ahead of the curve for the next episode. So. Uh, you guys got anything to add before we close up? Oh, the only other one thing I got to add is uh, the Ed French movie that we had to get to called Geek Maggot Bingo or uh, The Freak from Suck Weasel Mountain. <laughs> uh, we, decisions, decisions. <laughs> which <laughs> which one do we suck into, uh, I mean, watch next? Um, well, both of those, are, that's the same movie. I guess the other one was the same okay, well, title. Okay, well, there you go. The, <laughs> a different title for the same movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Uh, I kind of lead towards The Freak from Suck Weasel Mountain myself. Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> Who doesn't? That, that old chestnut. <laughs> all right, so uh, as always, for Will and the Professor Smoke, I'm Josh. We are the All-American Spook Show Podcast, and we will see you next time for Better Watch Out. As you leave the theater, folks, please be careful. Don't let this happen to your car. Be sure to remove the speaker before you leave. If you should accidentally pull a speaker loose, please turn it in at our snack bar or box office. Thank you.